The Giants cannot lose this week because they do not play. We talk bi-week blues with our friend New York Post Sports columnist Steve Serby. We're also joined by two-time Super Bowl champ and the best Giants punter ever, Sean Landetta. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. Welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. Come join us for new episodes Mondays and Thursdays. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're joined today by the savvy vet Steve Serby and former Giants punter Sean Landetta. Let's get this thing going. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It is a bi-week edition of the Blue Rush podcast. Jimmy Fela in the house at the helm of this 2-8 and eight podcast. I still consider us the team nobody wants to play. You can agree or disagree, but joining me now to chop it up is the guy nobody wants to date. The lovely and talented Steve Serby is in the house. Hey, Steve Serby. Hey, you know, I don't appreciate that remark. You know what today is, don't you? What is it? It's World Kindness Day. <laughs> well, that was the kind intro, to be honest. You took a couple of pot shots last time we had you on. You're like a sparring partner that tries to knock out the champ. So I had to give you well, a little tough love. You know what I mean, Serbs? Yeah, I got you. But look, I did a little little research in honor, uh, in tribute uh, to World Kindness Day. Um, <laughs> can I just give you some examples? Yes. All right. Well, the Giants don't have to sweat losing to the Jets for three more years. So that's <laughs> I'm being kind to the Giants there. Uh, Eli Manning has never felt this good physically, physically late in the season. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't force Jimmy. You're forcing a laugh. I can tell. No, no. I like that one. I get it. Keep going. The Dolphins and the and the Redskins are on the schedule. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. The Giants will have a top five pick in next year's NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and the Bengals and the Redskins, who should be picking ahead of them, both uh, the Bengals need a quarterback, and the and the Redskins can possibly trade out of that spot. And the Giants may have Chase Young fall in their laps. Boom. Now there's a now there is a, a Steve Serbiaism we can all get behind. Is if Chase Young uh can stop borrowing money from his air quote relatives, uh, we could have ourselves a pass rusher for the first time in gosh knows how long. I would be into that. Since the human Yura Justin Tuck Michael Strahan days, that I could get behind. You know what I'm saying? Well, well goodness knows they need a pass rusher. Anyway. Um, I'm not done here, okay? Oh, oh, but wait, yeah. there's more. The Serbi infomercial rolls on. I'm sorry. Are you going to yeah, tell okay, me how these on. jokes can cut my shoes in half, too? Go ahead. After banging his head repeatedly on the wall after losing to the Jets, John Mara is out of the concussion protocol. <laughs> Don't force a laugh. You're forcing the I laugh I like again. that one, Serbi. Come on. I'm a good audience member. I laugh. I'm All in a right. good mood. Yeah. The Astros stole James Betcher's defensive signals. <laughs> and last and certainly least, the, the Giants are only half a game behind the Knicks. <laughs> but more, more on that on Big Apple Buckets. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. It's, here to, it, it's nice for the fans to hear your chipper disposition. You know what I mean, Serbs? And uh, yeah, like I said, it's World Kindness Day. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, well, in the interest of being kind, um, 
I think we should start off with a couple of positives, other positives about this Giants team as we go into the bye week. Hopefully, number one, our running back gets a little healthier because he hasn't quite been himself. 13 carries for one yard against the Jets was not exactly why we laid off drafting a quarterback two years ago. Um, so maybe he gets a little healthier. Um, is there is there anything beyond that? That was my entry to World Kindness Day. Saquon gets healthier. Uh, hopefully Sterling Shepard feels better. Can you add anything else, or should we make do with the rations you gave us at the top of the show? Um, well, look, Saquon, I, I wouldn't worry about Saquon. He He's a gamer. He wants to play. He doesn't want to get shut down, nor should they shut him down. But he's the leader. He's a captain. And um, th- there's no question that he's not himself. And he won't be himself until next season. That doesn't mean you you shut him down. You just maybe you, maybe you give uh, Wayne Gallman a few more carries uh, just to just to help uh, preserve Saquon for next season. Yeah, it's Wayne's world for sure. And look and, and look at the offensive line he's running behind. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jake Brown and Jimmy Fallon could, could be the uh, left and right tackles. Whoa! Gave- the, bring back the Hogs. That's what you're saying. Me and uh. Yeah, me and Jake Brown, uh, we don't exactly have a swimsuit calendar coming out anytime soon. Uh, but if we do, we'll be wearing one pieces. That I can assure you. Um, <laughs> Serbs, what position would Steve Serby play on this Giants team now that you're now that you're earmarking all of us for duty? Um, what pos- I would uh, let's see. I'm I'm probably a strong safety. I could really uh, lay the lumber. <laughs> I would have said strong drinker, but I'll take safety. That's fine too. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, as well. Yeah, misery loves company on that one. Yeah, but, well, uh, listen, there's going to be a lot of pot shots. We're two and eight. Everybody's everybody's a little surly today on the podcast. Hey, we're not two and eight. The, the, the blue rush is not. I two know, and eight. but the I keep two and eight. I keep getting yelled at. When the reason I say we are two and eight is not because I consider myself a giant. When I say we on the show, it's because I keep getting duped into betting this team, and I've lost enough money on them that at this point I feel like I'm one of them. Do you understand? So why don't you bet on the other side? Well, I think we've reached that critical junction in the road now, Serby. I, I think we have gotten to that point. There's an old gambling joke where a guy calls up his bookie, and the bookie answers the phone, and he says, hey, Bob, you lost 15 football games in a row. Why don't you try betting basketball? And the guy goes, I don't know anything about basketball. You know, that's the same situation. Didn't know anything about it. football. You get it, Serbs? Not exactly no, a rim rocker. <laughs> But anyway, I, did you see what the, I hate to the Jets? Um, did you see what Christopher Johnson did today? Yep. He uh, he announced that Adam Gase, uh, after beating the Giants, will return for next season. <laughs> uh, now, the, the, what's odd about that is he decided a week ago, after they lost to Miami, that that Adam Gase was coming back. So I would think now that there's hope for Pat Shermer. Yeah, I mean, really, if he's if Adam Gase is coming back, I would think so. You're making a good point there. I feel like owners sometimes make moves like that to spite people because, like, there was, there was so much anti-Adam Gase sentiment surrounding this team following a loss to the Giants that it's almost like he's trolling the fans by making a decision like that. I mean, they have a lot invested. They don't want to pay three ex-coaches at the same time. That I understand. That's part of it. And also Sam Darnold lobbied for Adam Gase, just as I expect – Daniel Jones to lobby for Pat Shermer. And my prediction is Shermer and Gettleman will have one more year. Wow. Well, now if I'm right, mm -hmm. I I expect you to play this podcast over and over and over again. (laughs) If I'm wrong, forget I even appeared on this podcast. (laughs) 
serves. Listen, the last time we had you on to talk gambling, you made us money. So in my in my eyes, you know, you, this this loss can't really destroy all your credibility. It would only pull you to 500, which is a winning percentage most Giants fans would would trade a child for at this point to be at 500. So there's that. Let's let's go beyond the Giants for a second, Serbs. Um, there's a lot of things going on in the NFL this week beyond that absurd vote of confidence that was given uh, to Adam Gase. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's got to try out this week league-wide. Uh, do you think Colin Kaepernick's going to land a job, or is this like some window dressing by the NFL to just try to get over that, you know, the little scourge of the controversy? Well, don't forget, uh, Eric Reed, his uh, kneeling buddy from uh, San Francisco, uh, three years ago, believes it's a PR stunt until proven otherwise. And remember, there will be no head coaches or GMs at this tryout in Atlanta on Saturday. Ka- Kaepernick was told on Tuesday he'd have this chance at this tryout. But uh, again, the NFL the NFL is guilty until, until proven innocent on this one. A couple other things going on around the league too, Serbs. Um... You know, there's been a lot of talk about this, uh, you know, the 49er pass rush being the great equalizer out in the NFC West. I'm going to bring that up with Sean Landetta later because he's intimately familiar with a lot of these NFC teams. Did you watch that Monday night game and come away with the feeling that the 49ers are a legitimate entity? Well, I didn't need to watch that game to know that. Plus, I had Debo Samuel on my fantasy team, so you bet I was watching. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's always there's always a game of chance involved with Steve Serby. There's always a couple of bucks floating around somewhere. Yeah, um, mostly, mostly out of my pocket. <laughs> but uh, no, no, hey, the 49ers are for real. How real they are will depend on Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy GQ. Uh, he didn't pass the uh, smell test the other night uh, in crunch time against the Seahawks. Yeah, I, you know. That's the one problem we're going to run into um, with a lot of these regular season dynamos is nothing we're watching right now really matters. You know, be you know, the worst thing you can be is the hottest team in the NFL in the second week in November. You know, it's that who's playing great at the right time down the stretch thing and obviously who's healthy. But looking that far ahead, because we don't have a game, Steve Serby, so we have the luxury of just wildly speculating. If you were to take a survey of the NFL right now, is there a team you could tell me that you could definitively see doing this? Or do you think it's wide open as to who's winning the big prize? Uh, well, I think uh, death taxes and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think they'll be back. My preseason pick was the Chiefs, but I didn't realize the Patriots defense was this good. I mean, and, they're uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Brady, you know, Brady's getting older, but very glacially. And um, in the NFC, I like the Saints. I like yeah. the Saints. They, they hung in there with Teddy Bridgewater. Breeze is back. Uh, their defense uh, is legit, yep. even though last week they had an off week. Mm-hmm. I, I, play, I played the Saints defense in my fantasy league. And, <laughs> there it uh, is. Yeah. No, I like uh, I like a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl right now. All right, I'd sign for that. And, hey, the refs certainly owe the Saints one after that ridiculous non-pass interference call last year. Really? Why? What happened to the Saints last year? <laughs> Serby, you're the best. Yeah, and we're all paying the price for that with this 
with this, all these PI flags. Oh, they're killing me, Serby. I can't take it. It's really, they've crushed the pace of the game. And it drives me crazy. And I'm telling you, this is one of those things that's going to come back to bite the league a little bit. It already has. Yeah, I feel the same way. But, I mean, the ratings are still there on, on, on some small scale. But it's this is not sustainable. Nobody wants to watch this many flags. Well, the ratings are still there because of legalized betting and because yep. of fantasy football. Yep, that's all it is. And 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 unless we could never forget that, seeing as you drop a gambling reference every other line, Serby, I think next week's episode is actually going to be an intervention for you. Well, I need all the help I can get, <laughs> and uh, obviously, so do you, Jimmy. Yeah, oh, listen, we're not even going to get started on me. We don't we don't have that kind of time. But listen, man, a banner effort as always by you. As bi-week episodes go, this was one of them, Serby. <laughs> That's correct. And the Giants will, uh, of course, not lose to bye this weekend. <laughs> Rock and roll. Good work, man. We, I'll don't, talk to you we, don't, we don't think. <laughs> Let's hope not. Good luck, well, Mark, man. Wait, wait, there's no. my predict. You got my prediction, right? Yeah. Shermer and Gettleman one more year. Okay, listen, it's down. We locked it in. We locked it up. You're going to say that Shermer and Gettleman. Now, this is funny. Whose guarantee do you think is more solid? The Serby guarantee for Shermer Gettleman or the Chris Johnson guarantee for Adam Gase? Uh, I think uh, both are suspect. <laughs> well said. I'm glad you said it, not me. I'll talk to you soon, Serby. You're the best. Thanks, Jimmy. You see, too. Thank you. Man. Bye-bye. Let's take you into the world of Sam's fantasy this week with our New York Post fantasy football writer, Samantha Praviti. Thanks, Jimmy. Let's run through half of the Week 11 Sunday slate and let you know who to start and who to sit. The Ravens look to win six straight games when they take on the Texans. Start Mark Andrews. After a string of disappointing starts, Andrews bounced back big time with two touchdowns against Cincy. Sit Kenny Stills. The slot receiver hasn't scored since week one or had more than six targets in any game this year. Captain Kirk takes on Brandon Allen and the Broncos. Start Cortland Sutton. Sutton picked up his fourth touchdown of the year in their last game and is due for more against a struggling Viking secondary. Sit Kirk Cousins. The Vikings QB has been serviceable of late, but the matchup isn't great, especially if Adam Thielen doesn't play. Can the Cards get revenge against the 49ers? Start Tevin Coleman. Coleman should be the unrivaled number one with Breida sidelined in a fabulous matchup against the Cards, who are last in the league in points allowed. Sit Kenyon Drake. The Cardinals running back committee with David Johnson back, and this matchup against a stellar 49ers defense should scare off Drake owners. It's a Super Bowl 52 rematch between the Eagles and Pats. Start Mohamed Sanu. The new addition to the Pats receiving core had a whopping 14 targets, 81 yards, and a touchdown against the Ravens. He should do it again against a bad Eagles secondary. Sit Miles Sanders. He's only averaging six carries a game since week five and has taken a back seat to Jordan Howard. The winless Bengals are in Oakland. Start Darren Waller. Waller has a good chance to bounce back against the 0-9 Bengals, who were just lit up for two touchdowns last week from Mark Andrews. Sit, Hunter Renfro. He's splitting targets with Tyrell Williams and isn't doing much with them. Even in this great matchup, you are sitting the rook. The Rams are clinging on to wildcard hopes against the Bears. Start, David Montgomery. The rookie saw 17 rushing attempts to Tariq Cohen's three last week. His ground usage makes him an attractive option. Sit, Jared Goff. He just can't cut it against good defenses this year. Goff gets another tough matchup against the Bears. And that's it for Sam's Fantasy. 
You can read my Start Sit articles as well as the rest of fantasy football coverage at nypost.com. Good luck in week 11. Okay, so as you know, we're heading into a bye week at 2-8. and eight. A lot of Giants fans are ready to send in the pun team on this season. Uh, so perhaps it's apropos that our next guest is a two-time Super Bowl champion, a member of the NFL's all-decade team in both the 80s and 90s, and what many people would consider to be the best punter in Giant history. Joining us now on Blue Rush, Sean Landetta is in the house. Hey, Sean Landetta. Hello, how you guys doing? Better now, man. We we need we need to hear from the winning side of this equation because we're going through a little bit of a rough patch. I don't know if you heard. No, I've been watching. Uh, it's been tough, but let's hope uh, these next six games after the bye week they can get it turned around a little bit. Yeah, we'll come out strong. That's what I say. I mean, you've been you've been a part of basically every variation of giant team from a Super Bowl winning team to you know there were a couple of in between seasons there. Um, how do you get through a two and eight season? What do you do? Is it just is it all booze? What does everybody do? Well, everybody's got to pull together. You know, usually when you're two and eight, you're not where you want to be. And, you know, they've got to look at each other and say, look, the uh, last three, four games in the fourth quarter, we've been in these games. We've been very close. We haven't been able to finish, but we have been close. So if they can make a few plays here or there, you know, they can win these close games they've been losing. Yeah, we'll take it. I mean, you guys certainly made your fair share of uh, plays uh, in the 80s and 90s, of course. I had a question for you uh, that we've asked from a few guys who played um, on your team. We had Mark Bavaro on a week and a half ago, great guy. Was there anybody on those Parcells-era Giants teams that you thought was underrated? You know, I think there were a lot of guys uh, we felt were underrated because most of most people remember the stars. We had Lawrence Taylor and Harry Carson and Carl Banks and Phil Sims and Bavaro. You know, we had our share of stars, but there were so many other guys, uh, you know, that were really good players that people didn't talk about as much, uh, usually in the unheralded positions, you know, at offensive line, you know, or special teams. A uh, guy like Gary Reasons was such a great linebacker. If he'd have been on any other team, people would be talking about him like he was a star, but we really had a lot of good players. Yeah, it was a lot of muscle, man. It's funny that my indoctrination into your team was, you know, obviously I was a kid in that era, and I was playing video games with the Giants. There was a Nintendo game called Tecmo Bowl, and the Giants were so good that it was uncool to use them because they had all these trick plays. You couldn't kick an extra point. They could sack the quarterback on every play. So you guys not only made it to, like, uh, NFL royalty – but you became the video game Illuminati. Did you know that, Sean Landetta? You know, I wasn't aware of that. I remember when Techno Bowl came out, it was such a big deal. I didn't really pay too much attention to it, but as the years have gone by, I've had a lot of people remind me about it, like yourself, and uh, they've really made me understand what a big deal it was when it came out. Yeah, it was a big deal, and you're in the game. You're in the original OG Techno Bowl. Sean Landetta's in the house making it happen. Um I, I can tell you that as someone who was very fluent in all things Giants from that era, you know, we were – this was pre-obviously fantasy football and all the emphasis that's placed on that stuff now. Um, only the real fundamental fans of the game really understood how great you were until the game evolved a little bit further in the 90s. Did you yourself feel like an underappreciated guy in the 80s playing on that team? Well, certainly as a punter, you know, you're not one of the big stars. You're not in the game as often as other guys. And uh, But certainly the guys on the team, you know, they would show their appreciation. And, you know, our coaches would make us 
you know, realize that they appreciate what we did because, uh, you know, obviously it's about offense, defense, and tackling and catching and running. And, uh, you know, the special teams are a big deal. And, uh, you know, we, we had good teammates and, and they would let us know about it. Yep, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think in this era now, you know, we've seen such a bigger emphasis placed on special teams. But I wanted to shift gears for a second. When Mark Bavara was on the show, he had told us a funny story about getting into a fight with Lawrence Taylor in practice. He said a ball was thrown over the middle, LT just cremated him and, and, and laughed at him when he got up. And Bavaro said he threw a ball at LT and it turned into a whole hullabaloo. Are there any Sean Landetta fight stories from Giant Training Camp we need to know? No, I really wasn't getting in many fights. Uh, you know, they usually left the punters and kickers alone. Uh, you know, sometimes if we would get rough in a game, there'd be some uh, verbal jabber going back and forth. But other than that, uh, you know, we left the fighting to those other guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, LT wants no part of fighting you. He doesn't want to be on the receiving end of that beating. You know what I mean? Um, did you – do you feel like uh, having played on, on two Super Bowl teams here – I mean, you've obviously played in a, in a bunch of cities, Philadelphia, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, um, say, even in St. Louis, obviously. And I, I believe – were you with the L.A. Rams as well? I believe you were for one year, right? Yes, I was the L.A. Rams actually a couple years before we moved to St. Louis. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was just jogging my brain on that one. Did you have a favorite city to play in? Well, i tell you, Los Angeles is one of the nicest places I've played in just because of the weather. I mean, to be in a major city that it was warm all the time, it was right on the ocean, you almost felt like you were on vacation and playing a football game every Sunday. It was uh, so strange uh, in a good way. Uh, the weather was good, the atmosphere was good, and uh, you know, it's a shame the team left there, but anywhere we got to play warm, whether it was Miami, Tampa, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, you always felt like you were going on vacation to play a football game. Yeah, it is. It's true. It's like the Rams feel like they made the Pro Bowl every week because you're out there and it's hot. My only uh, my only gripe with L.A. is everybody's just too skinny. Like, I'm a New York guy. I actually eat food. And, uh, you know, I weigh about 220. When I get off a plane in L.A., I look like Godzilla. You know, those people <laughs> – those people are thin, man. They don't do the East Coast thing. Did you, uh, this would be uh, something I'd want to know personally, having played two tours of duty in Philadelphia, have you ever encountered uh, a more electric, you know, uh, rough-and-tumble stadium than the Vet? Well, certainly, uh, you know, those fans made that a serious home field advantage. I mean, they're very passionate. I know for years and years, uh, in Philadelphia, they were so disappointed that the other teams in their divisions all had multiple Super Bowls, and they didn't have one. Now, a couple of years ago, they finally got theirs. They waited 58 years for it. But, uh, you know, they're very passionate and sometimes over the top, but I look at that as a good thing. Yeah, it is. No, they're, they're great fans. I mean, they do. They love their teams, and they will tell you, uh, and they will tell, the, they will tell your children. They will tell your wife in very colorful language. Um, have you? Would you compare – uh, the vet to the black hole in Oakland on any level? Well, you could make that comparison, you know, places where the fans are over the top. Now, they may even be at another level because, you know, especially in that one end when they get dressed up in their costumes, they stay standing the whole game. Uh, I know a couple times I had to punt out of that end zone where literally you might be 15 feet from them uh, and, uh, you know, very colorful, to say the least. Yeah, you know, there's that funny story of Joe Montana in the Super Bowl saying, look, there's John Candy in the stands. 
you know, in Oakland, quarterbacks are telling stories like, look, there's a convicted felon, seven gangbangers in the stands. A different, definitely a different, uh, different element. Um, but I was told that the two roughest stadiums from everyone I've talked to were the vet and uh, were, were Oakland. I think the Giant fan base is a little bit more mature than most in the league. And in my experience as a fan, you see a lot less debauchery in MetLife and in the Meadowlands than you do around the league. But certainly you would say the Giants had a tremendous home field advantage. Would you compare it to Philadelphia's home field advantage? Somewhat. I think you could just because geographically they're so close. And, you know, the pace, the way of life, uh, the way people think, the histories of the team, you know, a lot of the fans are similar. But uh, certainly the Giants fans seem to be a little bit more reserved, uh, although voracious when they have to be uh, compared to the Eagles fans. And I think that's because of the success that the Giants have had through the years. Yeah, they got that going for them. I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people are very diplomatic about the question I'm about to ask you, and I understand if you want to be, but could you tell me definitively who the best coach was you played for? You know, they, they were all great. They were really were. I mean, Bill Parcells is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, you can make a case he was as good as any. I mean, a tremendous leader, very difficult to play for as far as, you know, he was so demanding, but in a good way. But, you know, all of them were good. Mike Holmgren was outstanding. He was a Super Bowl winning coach. Played for uh, Andy Reid, who was outstanding also. Uh, a number of them were really good. But, you know, you'd have to say Bill was probably as good as any. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, the coaching tree alone on Bill Parcells is stunning. Because, oddly enough, you know, he spawned Bill Belichick, and the Parcells coaching tree is actually a lot more successful than the Belichick coaching tree. He's had a lot of coordinators come and go in head coaching positions. So there's a, you know, certainly a notch in his belt right there. What's a guy like Brett Favre like? You played in Green Bay. That's got to be an insane atmosphere, right? Yes. You know, it was very interesting there. I mean, Green Bay, Wisconsin is like a a small town. Not a small town, but, you know, any town in the tri-state area, like uh, Hicksville, New York, or Paramus, New Jersey, uh, having an NFL football team, you know, it's just a small town of 90,000, uh, which, you know, triples in size on weekends. People converge on Green Bay from everywhere. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about the ultimate small town, old time feel uh, to playing Green Bay, Wisconsin. You're very aware of the history when you're there, because uh, when you think back to the 60s with Lombardi and that whole crew, what they were able to do is pretty amazing. It was nice to be a, a part of that history. Yeah, that's nuts. Is that that place has got to be pretty too loud too? Is Lambeau a pretty wild place to play? You know, it is. I mean, the fans uh, again. You know, they are so into their team there. I mean, every every team's fans wait all week for a game. But again, so many of these fans playing from all over that. Uh, you know, it's really a spectacle on game day. Yeah, it's got to be cool. I mean, the thing I imagine, obviously I'm not a pro athlete, and you guys have a level of concentration and focus that separates you from everybody else out there. But are you ever guilty in these wild moments? Let's say you're at a Super Bowl in Tampa or, you know, wherever the heck you happen to be in Pasadena even. Do you have moments where you're human, where you're walking out of the tunnel and you're like, good God, what did I get myself into? This is crazy. Do you have those moments as a professional? You know, I think everyone does. I know I did, but always in a good way. You know, you mentioned Green Bay. I can remember as a visitor going to play there in a playoff game and just seeing all these people in green and yellow and, you know, just the the atmosphere was so outstanding and saying to myself, wow, this is great. Take all this in. You know, this is really, uh, you know, awesome that you get to play in this environment. And 
you know, I, I certainly did. It was the same thing for the Super Bowl, just to look around for a minute and say, wow, you're a part of this. And, you know, isn't this great? This is something you always saw as a kid, and now you're in it. And, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I did. And I think most guys do that also. Yeah, it's, it's you know, listen, I know I've gotten emotional a few times in Tecmo Bowl when I made the Super Bowl. I had a, you know, <laughs> a reaction. Did Now, in 91, you're down in Tampa for that Super Bowl. You were on the sidelines for that Whitney Houston national anthem, right? Yeah, that was uh, that was a great moment uh, with our, our country being at war. And it seems like all the fans were one at that moment, all of us on the field. Uh, you know, that was very inspirational at that moment. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, and, and, you, and, you, and you knew in the moment that she had sung that song as, as well as it could be sung, would you not say? Yes, you can make that case. Uh, there's been a lot of great ones, but certainly considering uh, all the situations at play there, uh, she did an outstanding job. Like you put her ahead of Carl Lewis? Well, Carl Lewis pretty good, but, uh, you know, I think we'll go with Whitney. On that. <laughs> it, was, it was tough. If this was the voice, it could have it went either way. Well, it's funny because talking about uh, the era you played in and how it's translated into this one, a lot of people feel like the new emphasis the league is placing on offense in the fantasy football era that we happen to be living in now in a lot of ways is affecting the game negatively because we're watching a lot more pass interference calls and everything seems to be calibrated towards boosting yardage and scoring. Do you feel like the NFL has hurt the product in any way? You know, I don't necessarily feel that way. Uh, most of the fans do. And, uh, you know, maybe in the name of, safety, as you mentioned, which they're looking to keep the players safe. And, you know, they've taken away a lot of the big hits and things that fans have grown up their whole life watching. So if you want to look at it that way, where you don't see that as much, you could make the case. But I still think the game's real good, good, but there's no question there's more flags than ever, and I think most fans would like to see that pulled back. Yeah, it's frustrating, man. It is, because it's the, it feels like the pace of play is becoming so difficult now. You know, if you're running a tempo offense, because it's always getting broken up, and I find that to be challenging. Um, I think what we're going to see uh, going forward is because they are trying to make the, the league more safe, uh, it will hopefully translate to more longevity at a lot of skill positions where we've seen a high turnover rate, um, which would be obviously a good thing. But as you watch the league right now, um, is there a, is there somebody that jumps out at you as a guy that would have played in your era and been just as big of a beast then as he is now? Yeah, I, I think a guy like J.J. Watt, you know, it's a shame this, this guy keeps getting hurt. He doesn't try to get hurt. He's in great shape. But, you know, such a great player, old school, his motor's running all the time. You know, I think he's a guy that would have fit in back in the 70s and 80s just fine. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a real deal. I mean, the you're talking about pass rushes. The 49ers pass rush is pretty lethal right now. Could you uh, could you see the Niners returning to the glory that has evaded them since the Giants took them out in the NFC Championship game? You know, I could. I could. Uh, if anybody watched the game the other night, it was terrific between them and Seattle. Uh, they had a chance to win on a late field goal. It didn't happen, but uh, they're one of the best teams in football. Their defense, as you said, uh, for the most part, has been outstanding. And right now, you know, they're in the top two, three teams in the NFC. And if they made it back to the Super Bowl, it wouldn't surprise yeah, they're, they're that good. I mean, in a, in, a, in a quarterback league, if you can hit the QB as often as they do, you're a pretty lethal team. Nick Bosa, I watched him play up close at Ohio State. I am a, I'm married into an Ohio State family, and, you know, that school is kind of like a cult in the state of Ohio. 
Like it's it's against the law not to root for them. It's almost like when they when they play interstate rivals like Cincinnati and Kent State, the Cincinnati team is actually cheering for the Buckeyes. It's weird. Um, did did you have any of those experiences at Towson State? Did you ever play against a team that you were like, oh good gosh, I used to root for these guys? No, no. When I was there, we were Division Two, and we played most of Division Two schools. I know now, Towson's uh, one AA school, so once a year. You know, they'll play a big-time school. I know earlier this year they played the University of Florida uh, down there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of those kids at South have said to themselves, wow, this is a school that I've watched on TV my whole life, and now I'm playing against them. And uh, they didn't win, but, uh, you know, they didn't get crushed either. So that was a good thing. All right. Hey, from from where I stand, if they covered the spread, I'm, I'm good with it. I uh, <laughs> I grew up in a Giants house. My dad was a big Giants fan. Uh, but I, I had a little bit of a gambling family as well. My first football jersey had a plus seven on it. It was a <laughs> different element, if you will. Um, there's another NFL story making the rounds right now. I mean, maybe you can weigh it on this. They're, the league is holding, uh, I guess, like a league-wide audition for Colin Kaepernick this Saturday to try to get him a gig. Now, I don't want to get into the social justice issue of this story, but being a backup quarterback who generates a lot of headlines – is very challenging. I think it's one of the reasons Tim Tebow doesn't have a job either, is it's, you know, oftentimes your backup, if he's overshadowing the team in the press, it makes it hard for him to sign. But from what you've seen of him, could he could he be playing quarterback in the NFL? Well, I think most of us that watch him play certainly think he's good enough to be a backup quarterback at worst somewhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, he hasn't been signed for whatever reason. Uh, it is very strange that they're having this workout for him on Saturday at this point of the season. Uh, why are they doing it now and why are they doing it the day they're doing it? It's very interesting. And I agree. It's the same thing, Team Tebow. You know, if you're talking about three quarterbacks a team, you know, you'd like to think uh, there's not 90 guys that could do a, a job as good as him. But you mentioned all the uh, distractions that come with him, and that's not a good thing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how many teams turn out. Uh, if they'll allow the uh, practice to be filmed, so we can all see how he looks. Yep, I'll 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 be I'll be checking in on it. I'll give you any update I can. Uh, I'll I'll radio back to you once I hear from my people on the ground. But uh, Sholan Detta, man, I really appreciate you coming by and chatting with us. This was uh you know nice pick me up for the troops during the bye week. You know. Well, great speaking with you. And again, let's hope after this bye week they can uh, pull it together and finish up strong. All right, I like your spirit. Good for that. Thanks again, man. We'll always have this. Thank you. Have a great day. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for making the magic happen. To hear the latest Blue Rush episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. No Giants game this week, so no episode Monday, meaning we will be back with a brand new episode of Blue Rush next Thursday. We'll see you then.